It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, I couldn't be more excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Matt Hill, founder and CEO of The Hill Group, and he's a leader in training companies how to sell at trade shows and at conferences. You know, trade shows have changed. People now come with a purpose instead of just going to wander around the show and sort of do a voyage of discovery. It's now more about going to trade shows to achieve specific goals, talk to specific vendors. And it really is a chaotic, unforgiving sales environment that in many ways is much more important and meaningful than it was in the past. And many companies just don't know how to effectively work a show from a sales perspective. And so Matt is going to help us sort it all out. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andy. Happy to be here. So before we get into that, take a minute, introduce yourself. Tell us how'd you get started sales and really what was your impetus for starting your, your company? Uh, well, I got my formal sales training at Xerox Corporation, selling engineering equipment here in the Silicon Valley area and got involved in training at Xerox. And then I, after Xerox, I worked with a regional sales training company and started to do my own thing, basic sales training, you know, regular sales 101, major mm-hmm. account selling negotiation. Mm-hmm. And then somebody, this is literally how it happened. Some guy I was talking to on the phone asked me what I did, and he moved exhibits around. He was a transportation rep, and he asked me, hey, can you train people to work at a trade show? And I said, uh, sure, I can figure that out. Now, that was 26 years ago. So I've been doing this a long time. And have you figured it out? <laughs> you know, what a good question. <laughs> I have for the most part, but I was just at a show in Phoenix um, about four days ago, and I learned something new. And I was at another, you know, working with another client in Vancouver, Canada, a week ago, a week and a half ago, learned something. I'm always learning. It's always changing. It's a great field because you're working with people, and it's always different. So well, yeah, that's, sales in general, right? I mean, that's as right. many years yeah. and decades as as you have been in it, and I've been in it, and you're always going to learn something new every day. I think that's certainly part of the reason I I do this show is is you know satisfy my own quest for learning something new about sales from all the great guests we're having on. So. Trade shows, what's the biggest challenge, biggest sales challenge that you see at trade shows for your clients and the companies you work with? Let's see, the biggest sales challenge. So I look at, first let me make a definition of that because trade shows are sales and marketing. So mm-hmm. the sales piece is you know, usually gathering qualified leads and then either uh, contributing to the sales process, moving along or um, starting it. So the biggest sales challenge is having as many good conversations with high quality visitors as possible and inside of that you've got a there's a number of skills that are sort of your number of things you have to do that are sort of unique to trade shows like greeting people quickly and making sure you're working with people who can do business with you and all that stuff it's really easy to trade show um, to talk to people who are nice or friendly or know a lot about your business but they're never going to do business with you so a big challenge is to make sure you meet your objectives being uh, professional and polite, but, you know, um, making sure you're talking to the right people and getting, you know, politely disengaging from those who can't do business with you. So um, that's the biggest challenge, I think, is to maximize your time because a trade show is a dynamic environment. And when the when your trade show booth is really busy and you have more visitors than your own staff in the booth, then some other uh, techniques need to kick in, like working with more than one visitor at a time because the one you ignore 
And research says they'll only wait 15 seconds before they give up and leave. But the one you might be ignoring might be the biggest prospect of the whole show. And if they give up and leave and don't come back, you missed it. So that's the biggest challenge, to make sure you talk to everybody who comes into your booth. Okay. So let's start at the beginning with the trade show. Because for certainly for small and mid-sized businesses, it's really it's a tough decision these days. Make that decision to say, okay, how do I justify financially, justify going to a show? So I'm sure you work with companies sort of in that initial planning process. How should they set their goals? Uh, well, let's take one step back, and I will talk about goals. How do they even decide what show to go to? So briefly, they should be talking to their vendors, and if they're friendly with any of their competitors, which happens, they can find out what shows they go to. Before they exhibit, they should walk the show as an attendee and make sure it's the kind of show with the kind of visitors um, that they want to address. So how so do they set let's, their goals? let's stop there yeah. for a second. So you're saying yeah, sure. is plan a year in advance. So if you think you want to go to you know, show for your particular industry, spend a year and go as an exhibit, as a, an attendee first before you make that decision to attend as an exhibitor. Unless, yes, unless it's absolutely obvious. If you're a solar company, maybe you should go to Solar International. You know, sometimes it's very obvious, sometimes it isn't. So if it's not, rather than throw, you know, $10,000 at the show before you are even sure it's the right show, go walk the show. Absolutely. And talk to people. Talk to the exhibitors, talk to the attendees, make sure it's the profile you want to be involved with. Absolutely. Profile in terms of the customers, the types of customers that are going to come. That's right. And, you know, exhibitors, you need to be, you don't want to be the only exhibitor with a product that's not applicable to that industry or that part of that industry, and you might make a mistake. So that's what I recommend. But okay, so once, really you've set, once you've sort of decided, okay, this is the show I want to go to, then setting their goals and their plan for the show. That's right. And goals, um, the ones you can count, so the sales goals are qualified leads. And, not and you know, if you want to give away the Ferrari, you'll get everybody to come by and you can scan their badges or whatever. Uh, and you will. Um, but what you want are qualified leads. Now, inside the, uh, the gross amount of leads, if you give away a Ferrari or have some great giveaway, um, you'll find qualified leads. But a goal, you know, it's a hard thing. If you've got um, uh, 5,000 attendees, can you get 500 qualified leads? That's tough. So I'm not even sure 10% of the attendees is a good goal, but you need to set the goals. If you don't know if it's your first time at the show, set something modest that you can achieve. Maybe say it's a three-day show, there are 5,000 attendees. Say you want to get you know, 200 good leads or something. And inside of those leads, um, if the timing is just right, then you call them hot leads. The hot leads are you know, leads that want something right away within 30 days or 60 days, depending upon your sales cycle, something very, uh, <clears throat> very soon. So that's good goal setting. Other companies I know, um, clients I've worked with in the past, they also have goals for number of appointments with the media because there's a big media presence at most shows, so PR interviews, media interviews. And then they have sales meetings, whether they have conference rooms in their own booth or conference rooms off the show floor or in hotel rooms. They might have a goal for the number of actual sales meetings. If you're selling off the show floor, which number companies still do, some shows are still order writing shows, then you need to have a revenue goal. Again, be modest, You know, set the benchmark, and then if you decide to go to the show again next year, you can have a real number to work with rather than just a guess. So that's my goal-setting um, advice. Okay, so I'm going to break it down just a little bit. So the first goal was you understand from past, past years how many attendees they expect to receive. And yes. so you're going to set a goal for the number of leads that you want to receive based on the percent, some percentage of the number of attendees. Yeah, and you know, I, I often ask my clients, can, does is everybody who walks through the door a potential client? And I was just at a show that the answer is yes, but the answer is often not yes, because it's a, 
the, the show is not that specific and the attendees mm -hmm. are not that specific. So you've got to take that into account. But, you know, something modest, 5%. And I would work the goals out with the sales team if you're in marketing. If you're in sales, work it out with a marketing team. You need to collaborate because this is a marketing event, usually produced by marketing. So they need to be on board uh, with whatever goal you set. And that's brought raised over an interesting question. That's right. Is really who owns the show? So it's really marketing you're saying that really owns it. Marketing typically owns a show that's often staffed by salespeople, but usually a mix of salespeople, product people, product managers, maybe some engineering types if it's a technical show, certainly people uh, from marketing. So the, the person producing this show is usually an event manager, trade show manager. None of the staffs work for them, so they just need their cooperation. It should be as if they're working for the marketing person, or even salespeople. It should be as if they're working for that trade show manager for the next three days. So they set the stage for the sales. They have all the products, the right people. You know, the booth should be good, the graphic sign, and it should set the stage for the salespeople. And they can go and, you know, get all the leads they can. But that's usually what the case. That's usually how it's structured. Right. And so f to achieve a specific goal in terms of getting enough people through the booth, generating the traffic you need within the show to come through your booth, do companies rely on having this type of, you know, the giveaway, the Ferrari or whatever, I mean, is that sort of a standard? Well, my general advice is if you're new to the show, yeah, give something away just to get noticed. So if people so don't know who you are, you're new to the industry or, as you said, new to the show. Right. I would say do that. Do something. Do a nice giveaway. Um, you know, the, useful, the most useful giveaways are still pens and mugs, but you might want to step it up and give away something better or have a raffle, like raffle off an iPad or some some new you know, an eye watch, or, yeah, or something, something interesting. Um, driving people to the booth, that's also a function of where you are on the show floor. So first time at a show, you're not in a good position because uh, your space selection is based on seniority and how much money you spend advertising. So depending on the size of the show, if it's a small show, it's not that important. A big show, you're way in the back. You need to get people to the back. So you need to do something to get them there. Um, absolutely. And the giveaway is more effective than having people serving service barkers standing at the door to the convention hall saying, hey, come to our booth way in the back. Uh, yeah, that's also, you, you. actually, I think you have to pay to do that. I'd rather have you spend the money on the booth. You might do some uh, pre-show mailers to your, to the, uh, you know, rent the attendee list and send out a mailer advertising your raffle um, and your products, of course. And then, wait, you know, you're basically trying to attract people. That's the big marketing part. So marketing is responsible for getting people to the booth and the salesperson's job starts once they get to the booth. And let's talk about that for a second. So then you talked about various techniques that you use to help engage people when they visit the booth because you have, as you said, 15 seconds yeah. to engage them. So talk about that first moment of somebody walking in the booth. What's their expectation as a visitor and, and really what should be the most appropriate and effective response for the salesperson or the marketing person, whoever the rep is in the booth? Well, that's a good question. So I, I like to um, give the overall strategy uh, for the staff, and I like I said, mix of salespeople and product people is treat the booth like your own home. If someone knocked on your door, you wouldn't wait two minutes to open it. So I don't like the staff to stand around in closed circles talking to each other or, or in any other way give somebody any reason not to come up and talk to them. That means staying off your phones, not playing on the computers or whatever. So you're all aware when someone walks in the booth and you approach them quickly, openly, and greet them. And you don't get right down to business. You can welcome them. You know, you can ask about the conference session if there is one at the show. You can also just ask what brought you to the booth today. So good open-ended question. You really need to feel like you're happy they're there. 
I mean, at trade shows are a great place to sell and market. You've got the great combination of staff and um, products and all that stuff. So, so feel like it's a great sell and market, selling and marketing environment. Treat it like that. Greet people quickly. Be ready with some opening questions. What brought them to the booth? What kind of business they're in? Those are all reasonable. And in fact, when you greet them, I encourage people as they get closer to the person, just as they're walking up to them, even if it's only a couple of steps, pretend like they do not, they do not have a badge on. In North America, you need an ex, you know an attendee badge, usually on a lanyard, and don't just stare at the badge. It's not personable. It's it's a little bit rude actually. So as you get close to them, just look them in the eye, act as if they don't have a badge. Once you greet them, you can go to the badge. Say, oh, you're from so and so or from this part of the country and, and try to find some areas of commonality to start the conversation with. So great advice there is one is let's go back and talk about you know body language. Too often in booths, you say the the people staffing the booth are if there's no one right there at the time, they're congregated together, forming a little tight circle and when somebody comes by they see that they feel like they're excluded. And yeah, that's yeah. you want to make sure that your people are facing outward. Yeah, and I'm not opposed to them talking to each other, and I don't like them lining up right along the edge of the carpeting because they become part of that invisible wall between the booth's carpeting and the carpeting in the aisle. But just inside the booth, they can be chatting, they can be uh, playing with their own products, or, or they can, can be doing something on a computer screen, but their attention needs to be on um, the booth itself, and if people even stop in the aisle and look inside the booth, it's perfectly fine to take a step outside and ask them if they'd like to enter the booth. But yeah, body language is key. If you don't want to be there, you're going to show that with your body. Whether you, and, and I'm not opposed to just crossing your arms if you have a smile on your face. But if you don't want to be there, you've seen people in the booth who don't want to be there. Um, they're, they have a scowl on their face. It's like they think it's wasting their time. But, you know, at, um, in high technology, or I do a lot of business there and in healthcare and things. In high technology, it's about $700 to $800 an hour per person to have someone in the booth. These are expensive, so you need to be on your toes the whole time. You need to greet people quickly and act like you want to be there. I mean, there are great uh, customers found at trade shows, and it might be the only time during the year where even an existing customer uh, gets some face time with one of your people. So much business is done via email and over the phone now that this is a great opportunity and a responsibility to have some face time with these people. You need to take that seriously and, and take advantage of it. Well, and also... It's really could be the first time that you, as a representative of your company, or the first time the customer, potential customer, has devoided an impression of your company, right? And oh, so totally first, true. first impressions yeah. created, if it's negative, that's going to carry over into the sales process. In general, you may have lost the opportunity to even engage with that customer just by virtue of how your people are, are acting or not reacting to the prospect as they enter your booth. Uh, I couldn't say it better, Andy. And in fact, um, if you take a lead, uh, the tacit agreement there, the unspoken agreement is someone's going to get back to you. So again, your, the first impression for follow-up oftentimes fails because leads aren't even followed up on. So the visitor is expecting someone to call them and nobody does or calls them you know, a month later. Gee, is that the kind of service we're going to get from this company if we do business with them? So the whole thing is a, a, an opportunity to show how much you care about that person and their business and how quick your service is to differentiate yourself from the other from your other uh, the other competitors. Great. So everybody stay with us after the break. We're going to take a short one here as Matt Hill shares more of his tips about how to turn trade shows into an effective and productive sales tool. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster 
by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Welcome back. My guest today is Matt Hill, founder of The Hill Group. You can check him out at hillgroup.com. And let's talk about a, I want to pose a scenario for you. It's unrelated to trade shows, and then we'll get back into trade shows for a second. Okay. Question I ask all my guests. So you're a new sales manager. You've been hired into a company whose sales have stalled, stagnated, and management, upper management's really, really anxious to get things turned around in a hurry. So what are the two things you could do in the first week that would have the biggest impact? So this is not related to trade shows, as you said. Not related to trade shows, just tapping your sales knowledge in general. Um, Tapping my sales knowledge in general. I'm not sure if I had the opportunity to look and see why sales are not happening. I truly believe for any salesperson, the fundamental uh, difference between someone who's, who's knocking it down and someone who isn't is activity. And whether you're on the phone, you're at a trade show, you're knocking on doors, you're emailing, activity counts. So I would look at activity first and ramp up the activity. I also think attitude counts hugely. If people are um, disgruntled, if their confidence is low, that will greatly affect how they come across and actually how much work they do. So raising attitude is not as easy as just upping activity. So I think the opportunity for the company, for the products, for the customer base needs to be spelled out. And it, you could even have a team meeting and ask for ideas and how to how to do this. In other words, the manager. And so with those two things, the manager can ask for help and tap into the resources and the experience of the salespeople that work for them. So collaboratively, they come up with a plan of action that everybody owns and expects to implement with milestones. So I guess, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, well, there's no right answer. That's, that's oh. why I asked the question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't fail that one. That's no, well, no, you didn't fail that one. Okay. So let's get back to what we were talking about right before the break, which is really most essential thing in trade show selling that, that gets overlooked is, you know, it's, Great, we can have the great messaging, we can have a beautiful booth, and we can actually have good traffic through the booth in terms of leads generated. But the ROI for the trade show comes from taking orders off of those leads that are generated, and you're never going to get orders off those leads if you don't follow them up. And And you've used a statistic in the past about the percentage of sales leads from a trade show that get followed up or don't get followed up, and why don't you talk about that? Yeah, when I see this number, and I see it just about every year, it still is astounding to me. And it's sort of that overused percentage of 80%, but it's somewhere between 75 and 90% of leads aren't even followed up, which is astounding to me. You know, the old joke, you know, they they pull the booth out of storage, and the drawer falls open, and there's the leads from the previous year, you know? (laughs) Which Um, I'm laughing at. If it it weren't so painfully true, it'd be even more funny. You know, the average cost for a lead is about $275 to generate a qualified lead in, in an average booth. And it's just astounding to me. I mean, here's someone who wants information. And, you know, trade show leads are like um, the third best or second best in Marcom as opposed to people, you know, making a direct inquiry into the company or sending a card back. Those are the top two. And then there's trade show leads. And, you know, to get the respect they deserve, and even if that, you know, visitor is not your client because it's from a different part of the country or different part of the business it doesn't matter it's still your company's lead 
And it's getting better, I'd like to think. The companies I work with are pretty good. But I see that statistic every year. It just blows me away that here's, you know, someone who wants contact and it's not happening. It's just amazing to me. That falls into that activity thing I brought up earlier, that activity. Go follow these up. Make sure every single lead is followed up thoroughly. You know, complete information on the lead so the conversation doesn't have to start over. It's followed up within a week with something um, that all needs to happen. This, you know, I know people that get a ton of business out of trade shows. A lot of companies are missing uh, missing that opportunity. So, what are some good standard processes that companies should implement in terms of capturing the lead as it comes into the booth, and then getting it assigned and and measuring and monitoring the follow up that should take place after that? Well, you know, first thing is to work with people who do business with you in the booth. So, make sure the qualifying questions are there as far as you know their their role in decision making, need for your product, time frame, budget, all that stuff. Don't just grab business cards and stick them in your pocket. The show does not get credit for them if you do that. They won't hit the system, whether it's Salesforce or some other CRM. So make sure you have a lead system that will take it electronically. You can pump it right into a lead system. The hot lead should go out that night. The well, information let's, 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 let's stop there the, before we before yeah, go forward. Ahead. So I don't know if you, you can give an example of a brand name, let's say, of a company that <clears throat> or a system that you can put in a booth that, I guess you'd say you're integrating, you're scanning the badges. Let's say when they come in and and that information is being then captured in a file, which you can then upload to your CRM system. Yeah, well, the easiest one is every show has a vendor for that. You can just rent the equipment okay. every show. So you can do that. There are independents like New Leads and a bunch of others, Lead Wizard and things like that. You can just go search for lead lead capture equipment and uh, and you can rent from them or you can buy from them if you do a lot of shows and it makes sense to do that. But it's really key that you do that and you punch you know, put your qualifiers in there. I know clients that get a great open rate, like a, I think it's crazy number, like 30, 40% open rate if they send out information during the show. So someone leaves your booth after having their badge scan, and in 20 minutes they get an email from you. They may show it to someone else at the show. It actually might help drive traffic, but that's the capability of a good electronic system. And what I'm seeing now are more and more apps. You just you just rent the app, lease the app, if you will, download it to your phone or your tablet. So everybody in the booth can take a lead. Everybody's using the same software, and you can send documents from it. You can do all that. That part really has gotten automated. So don't stuff business cards in your pocket and get back to people very quickly. Obviously, that's the message. And if you can target your uh, follow-up, your fulfillment piece, and just don't send them every, you know, every brochure you have so that's why you ask good questions and make them you know you want to give them a different experience in, the, in your booth a targeted personal experience not just a generic experience so the follow-up should be the same a personal follow-up that's differentiate yourself and do that and you'll you'll come across as very different yeah and i can't stress that enough for companies and sales leaders that are listening to this marketing people is that yeah, send that first follow-up immediately while they're still at the show. They may show it to colleagues that are at the show with them. That's right. As you talked about, they'll come back to the booth so you get a chance at a second or third engagement in person while they're still at the show. That's right. And you're going to find that those deals are going to close at a much higher rate than those that you just follow up with afterwards because the sales follow-up tends to be fairly spotty. And that's a subject for a whole other show that we've had yeah. about the sales lead follow-up. <clears throat> And we'll talk Wait. about that again more in the future. But but yeah, really important. You get the leads into your system immediately and that they're assigned. Either there's an automated email follow-up or there's actually a personal follow-up that goes out from either their assigned rep or the rep they talk to in the booth. Yeah, there needs to be some accountability for that. You know, one thing I want to bring up too, a lot of uh, uh, people go to the show 
uh, thinking they need a new product, they want to upgrade or something, and they'll walk away from the show with like 10 vendors they want to continue to investigate. You want to be one of those 10. And a lot of people go to the show already have whittled down their list of preferred vendors to two or three. And if you're on that list, you definitely want to get the business, and it could happen relatively soon. So these things are really important. It doesn't matter what people look like or anything. You know, you you got to ask those questions and, and nail it down, and you'll get the business. I mean, I've seen it happen over and over. I've seen deals lost because someone's rude to a visitor in the booth, or they don't care about them, they don't recognize their name or their company, and, you know, it's just a really big mistake. You've got to – this is a great opportunity. Very, I mean, you can have – um, you know, a dozen good conversations a day, probably more, 20 good conversations a day in a booth at the right show. And if you're in field sales or telemarketing, inside sales or something, it, you may not have those kind of conversations in one day, especially in the field, you're going to make two or three sales calls. Oh, so well, it's even, really, yeah, it's a yeah, great a typical inside sales rep maybe has two or three yeah. you know, substantive sales conversations yeah. a day. So yeah, it's a, a huge multiplier. And, it totally is. Yeah, it totally is. Well, and it, it speaks to an issue. It's well worth having... I think it's well worth having good people in the booth. You know, it's not a penalty box to send people to that, uh, you know, the lowest level people in the company, people that say they're, you know, don't have anything else to do. So let's send them to a trade show. These are selling environments. Have good people staffing your booth. Well, it's a good friend of mine, Andy Polly, wrote this book, Zero Time Selling and Amp Up Your Sales. Maybe you know him, Andy. I yeah, think it's I've heard you. Of him, yes. and, yeah. And I tell you what, your, uh, your book, uh, fits beautifully into the trade show environment with putting that person in the booth who has great product knowledge because you don't want them to say, I'll get back to you or we'll get back to you. You know, look at the experience the visitor's gonna get. They're greeted quickly, you know, they feel like they're welcomed. They're, the conversation or the presentation demo, whatever, is targeted to exactly what they care about. The person knows enough to go go enough through the sales cycle to have them want some follow-up because really that's the objective. You know, a lot of times you're not going to write an order, but you want them to be interested enough to agree to some follow-up, and that's what you know. That's what the stuff in your book says, and I totally agree with that. And I've changed my opinion on that. I you know I would say you can send a variety of people. Yeah, you can, but you really want product knowledgeable people in the booth. You really do. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, we're going to jump into the last part of the show here today. Uh, a little bit away from trade show, I'm going to give you some rapid fire questions. You can give me single word responses or you can elaborate a little bit. All right. Uh, you ready? Oh, sure. Why not? Sure. So what's the most powerful sales tool in your arsenal? Me. I am. Who's your sales role model? Um, you know, lately, uh, frankly, I know it's embarrassing. It's been you. You that, That's the best sales book I've read in 20 years. Seriously, uh, you're, you're just cutting. I'm not making this up. I'm not. I, I well, thank talk you. about your stuff all the time. I do. We'll have you back on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'll get the same fee, I hope. Yeah, yeah the same fee. Right? The exact same fee, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So your favorite music to listen to to psych yourself up for a sales call? Oh, Interesting. I'm not sure I use music to psych myself up for a sales call, but if I were to, I would put on some, uh, well, I'm, I'm a little bit older, so I'd put on some really um, uh, fast rock and roll, some Boston or REO Speedwagon or, or even the Allman Brothers. I like that. So, Sounds okay. great. Yeah. What's the first sales activity you do every day? Um, first sales activity I do every day is look at my calendar. Yeah, what's my to-do list? That kind of thing. What do you do to keep fit and healthy? Oh, well, I ride a mountain bike a bunch of times a week and I play tennis. Um, I stretch out every morning. I definitely keep that part of my life balanced um, so I feel good and have a lot of energy. And the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople. Did I get asked most frequently? Yes. Oh, wow. Because depending on what they're selling, the question could be different. The one question I get asked most frequently by salespeople is maybe, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's a good I, one. 
So, all right. Well, that's good. Well, we've had a great show talking about trade show selling with my guest, Matt Hill, founder and CEO of The Hill Group. Matt, how can people get hold of you? Oh, um, well, hillgroup.com, and then it's mhill at hillgroup.com. Is that, that what they need? Sounds great. Hopefully okay. they can get hold of you. Yeah, and sure. I want to thank you so much for being part of the show. And remember, everybody who's listening, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new, like Matt talked about today. Learn something new to help you accelerate your sales. And if you listen to the show today, I believe we helped you with that. So until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.